0: You're listening to episode four of the Tennis Files podcast, 10 Key
1: Concepts for Tennis Success. Welcome to the Tennis Files podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Marban Iranshad.
0: Hey guys, welcome to the fourth episode of the Tennis Files podcast. Today we're going to talk about 10 key concepts for success. And these concepts, you need to commit to them even before you set foot on the tennis court, even if you've never played the game before. If you want to become successful, these are huge and really important concepts that you need to take to heart and commit to. So without further ado, the first big concept for you to commit to is to think big. And what I mean by that is a lot of us put mental limitations on what we think we can do. And when we put these mental limitations on ourselves, then naturally what follows is a performance limitation. So for example, if I say, oh, you know, I can never be a 4.5 player, then that's going to be the cap for the rest of my life. I mean, there's no way that I'll be able to become a, a, above that level or get to that level. And that's the problem. So what's going to happen is when you put a ceiling cap, then you're naturally going to act in a way that won't let you surpass that ceiling. And when you have these limitations, they transfer to all other parts of your tennis. So you're going to think that you're not good enough, that you, you're, you have no capability to improve a certain area of your game. But the beauty of thinking big is this. If I think I am destined to become a professional player or if I'm destined to become a top-ranked player, what's going to happen is I'm going to take the actions that I need to take to become that great player. So I'm going to step on the court and know that, okay, the only way to become a great player is to have a huge weapon and do this and that and this. But if I have those limitations, I won't think like that. I'm just going to think that, oh, you know, I'm not a good player and I won't, I won't have the vision that's required to take it to the next level without thinking big. So I want you all to think big and this is a perfect segue to the second key concept for success which is you need to have confidence. People don't truly believe what they can truly achieve. And this is evident everywhere. I mean, when I talk to my friends and other people, a lot of them say, "Oh, you know, I'm I'm not as good as you." And You know, that's not true. I mean, maybe in the present tense, evaluating all factors, okay, I'm at this point in time, I'm not as good as you, but you have to have confidence that at some point, you are going to be able to be better than me better than all these people that you want to be better than and defeat. You have to know that deep inside, you're gonna have the ability to work hard and to figure out what's wrong and to be successful. So I want all of you to have confidence when you're on the court, when you're training, and just know that you can achieve what you want to achieve. Because people, again, they don't really know what they can do. For example, when somebody is put on an island to, uh, w- with nothing to survive, they find ways. They find ways out of you know having a critical or urgent need to survive. But if you were never on that island, then somebody told you, oh, yeah, I'm going to put you on an island and you're going to have to survive. You're going to think, oh, there's no way I can do that. But when push comes to shove, you know you'll be able to do it. So just have confidence and know that you can push the boundaries of what you think you can do. Now, the third key concept for success is that you need to commit to reach your potential. And this is something that really bothers me a lot, which is People, unfortunately, they, they settle for a mediocrity, you know? They just, they're content with performing average, with not achieving their true potential. And yeah, I respect everybody, but I think that's kind of a waste of time, because, and uh, yeah, hopefully this doesn't turn into a rant, but you see people sitting at their desks and just wasting time, or people who, um, you know, whatever they're doing, they're not applying themselves themselves fully- And it's it's a shame because I think that we all can do a lot better. We all can strive to be the best that we can be. And I think that's the most fulfilling because this is a cliche, but when you look back in life later on when you're old, you're going to think, oh, you know, I think I could have done better. I could have done this. I could have done that. And that's the worst feeling in the world. And I'm no exception to that. You know, looking back on things, uh, I definitely think I could have done better in my tennis career. Or I could have done certain things better uh, in other parts of my life. And those are regrets. And it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely painful to, to think about things like this. So I think that all of you guys really should commit to reaching your potential you know it's just it's just a waste of time to not do it because you've you've been given all these gifts a lot of you are so talented beyond what you think you are and yet a lot of you just waste it so i really want you guys to keep pushing and be the best you can be that that's huge and that's going to help you so much obviously in your tennis career now the fourth key concept for your tennis success is that you need to turn any of your fears that you have into a motivation to succeed. And just to give you a story, I I remember, actually, you know, this is numerous times before tournaments and in particular before a high school match, there was somebody who I was supposed to play who people expected me to beat based on previous meetings. But I knew this kid had really improved and I didn't believe in myself that I could beat him. And they were calling for rain in the forecast and I was just (laughs) praying for rain. I was hoping that it would be pushed off and that I didn't think I could do it. And I just, I was very fearful. And and that's something that plagues a lot of people I'm sure and I know of um, in their careers while they're competing is a fear of not being able to win. And, you know, I talked to Paul Harsani, former ATP pro, in the last episode, episode three of the Tennis Files podcast, and he spoke about how pressure is a chance to succeed. And I'm going to play a clip for you exactly talking about what Paul said in regards to overcoming fear.
1: Look, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You're going to lose. But also, you know, look, if there's pressure out there, pressure is a chance to prove yourself. So if you could prove yourself under pressure, then hey, that's that's all the better. And and that, that really kind of helped me focus on not worrying so much about being nervous and the final outcome. But, you know, it really, you know, the roadblock that I had early, real early on in my junior career. And I think that really kind of helped me.
0: Fear is created by yourself. There's a lot of things that you can be afraid of that you can just make up. I mean, Sometimes I even test myself at night, which is ridiculous and weird. But <laughs> I mean, for example, I'll be on my laptop at night while my girlfriend Cheryl is sleeping, and I'll just uh, I'll just imagine monsters, and I'll imagine that uh, when I walk into the bathroom that's dark, there's like some sort of weird creature in there, and I'll be scared out of my wits, and that's self-created fear. And then I just slap myself on the face and say, "Hey." there aren't any monsters in here. The door's locked. Just relax. And, you know, this is just a silly example, but it's true about how people create fears. They create fears about, oh, people are watching me and um, they're going to think I suck if I mess up. And they have fears that they're not going to be able to succeed. And, you know, while the second one may be true, okay, you might not succeed, but you have to use everything that's pushed toward you or any adversities and morph that into motivation that you're gonna try your best and you're gonna show everybody what you're made of. And that that really helps me. You know, that pumps me up. When I have a match coming up and people don't believe that I'll win or that I can defeat my opponent, you know, I always tell myself, hey, let's show them what you're made of. You know, you're gonna try your best. And even if you don't win, you're going to prove to everybody that you are a great player and that you have been working on your game, you've been working hard, and you're going to earn respect from your play. So that is something that I always love to do. I like to think of all my fears that I have and say, screw those fears. I'm going to get motivated, get pumped up, train hard, and then use this opportunity, as Paul said, as a chance to succeed. So that's the fourth tip. Turn fear into motivation to succeed. Now, the fifth tip is really crucial, and I might say something that seems kind of weird given how much I love tennis, but my fifth advice for you today is to make sure that you have a passion for tennis. Now, let me tell you, obviously, as I've been preaching to everybody, tennis is a wonderful game. It's a very healthy activity. It's something you can do all your life. But I will say this, if at the end of the day you you play tennis and you've been trying, you know, your best to be good at it or to enjoy it and you hate it, just quit. I mean, if you hate tennis and you find that you don't have a passion, you should just quit. And this is why it's because I'm sure that there's something else that you're, you can be more passionate about and spend your time more efficiently on. But that being said, tennis is amazing and I certainly have a huge passion for it or I wouldn't be putting all this time into my website, podcast, playing the game and helping others improve. But if you do find yourself kind of stagnating or not liking the game as much, then you should try to figure out ways to make yourself enjoy the game. Maybe if you're, you've been playing a ton of singles tournaments, switch it up and play some doubles with a friend of yours. Maybe if you're really burned out, just take a break. Take a week off and then hit it hard again. It may just be a case of exhaustion, of just training too hard and playing too many tournaments. But um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different techniques you can try to rekindle your passion for the game. I mean, in some cases, which I prefer you not do this, but sometimes you might need to take a longer layoff. Like I, when I went to law school, I, I took a few years off. I took like three years off my entire time I was in law school so that I could study and concentrate on, on law school and the bar exam. But when I came back, I had a huge passion for the game. And another one of my friends in the USTA, Patrick, I learned that he took something like 10 years off from the game. And now he is the biggest fan of tennis and he loves it and he plays it all the time. So, the fifth tip for you again is to just make sure you have a passion for the game because if you have a passion and you discover how wonderful the game is, then you're going to push harder to improve your game. And that's obviously the goal of this podcast is to help you improve your game, and without passion, you will not be able to truly reach your potential and improve because you won't enjoy the process of improving and That's something that you need to do. You need to enjoy the process and the grind and learning. Then you're going to maximize how well you play in
1: your career. is also very
0: important and I have trouble with this um, in many aspects of my life and I've gotten a lot better. But number six is don't worry what other people think about you. Okay, so for example, when I used to play and I mentioned this a few minutes ago, when I walked on the court, I would think about, I would look at all the people who were watching my match and I was thinking who these people were And what they'd be thinking about me and who they would tell if I lost. And I mean, just ridiculous. You know, it's just such a waste of mental energy. And it's just, it's just crap. You know, you don't want to do that. Um, And I've had, used to do this in other areas of my life. Unfortunately, when I was in school, I would constantly be thinking that people were looking at me like I was some freaking like superstar actor or something. But I'm sure you're pretty sure nobody really cared about what I was doing. Uh, when I was in high school or whatnot. So the main thing is to don't focus on what other people think about you. Just focus on what you need to do to improve your game. And that's really an exercise that you need to do, is to focus. Focus on your game only. Because when you let all these extraneous things bother you and take up your mental energy, then you're not going to be able to uh, perform to your peak capabilities. And... That being said, I mean, you know, obviously there's, you know, you should still take into account people's advice. So it's not like if you're playing bad or something, or you're not acting properly and your parents or your coach say, hey, you know, I think you need to uh, improve your shot or you need to um, be a little better on the court, act a little, you know, a little more appropriate. And you say, how yeah, screw you, man. Number six in, uh, Tennis Files podcast advice is don't worry what I will you think about me no i mean please please don't cite that i don't want to get in trouble um, but so you t- you can take into account the advice of the important people in your life and what they think about your game but you don't want to you know worry about what every single person is thinking about your game that would definitely be wrong so that is number 6 don't worry about what other people think about you and your game except the important people now, the seventh piece of advice I have for you, the seventh key concept to succeeding in tennis is that you need to commit to competing and improving. Now, the first part of this advice is the competing part, commit to competing. And what that does for you is that leads to number two, which is improving. Now I did write an article for Pulse Play, uh, which is a smartwatch that's coming out soon, and they have a blog. And so what I said in that article Which I'll repeat today is that competing is extremely important to your tennis success. Because what happens is that if you never compete, you're never going to figure out what areas of your game you need to improve. You know, if I just practice with my buddies and don't care about results, then consequently, I'm not going to improve. I'm not going to notice what is going on with my game until I play with somebody better. And then, then I'm going to start to figure out. Oh, you know, when people hit hard to my backhand, I hit it late, or my net game isn't as great as I thought it was. And so, when you, especially when you compete in tournaments, high level tournaments against higher players then that's when you're going to really figure out, you know, what you can improve. Because obviously everybody can improve, but sometimes we just don't know what we need to improve until we're tested at a higher level. So, you know, if you're a younger kid, say if you're 12, play in the 14s age group or play in the highest 12s tournaments you can. Um, if you're a 4-0 player, play a 4-5 tournament or in a 4-5 league. And just see see what's going on with the other players and why they're better. And then that's when you can write down, which I encourage, write down the areas of improvement in your game, take note of it, and then commit to improving it. So you commit to competing, you compete, you figure out what's wrong, and then you commit to improving yourself. So you figure out a plan for improving whatever needs to be elevated in your game, and you do it. And, you know, a related concept to that is just that you need to focus on the process and not the results because even though you're competing and you may lose, you don't want that to get you down. Rather, you need to figure out what exactly is it that is going on in in your game so that you focus on what you're doing and what you need to do, not on, you know, on the results. And when you do this, you need to be curious. Be a curious cat, all right? Just... Again, you need to figure out like why, lots of whys, you know, why was he able to exploit me on break point? Why did my backhand break down? Why was his strategy better than mine? You just got to think of all the possible reasons why you were successful and why you were unsuccessful. And so be curious that the most successful people are the ones that ask the most questions because then they find out the most answers. So that is something that you really need to integrate in your thinking. You need to make sure that you compete and that you improve. Number eight on the list is you need to have a positive attitude. Now this may be obvious, but it's clear that not having a positive attitude means that you're going to let a lot of things affect you. When you're positive, your flow's going well, Um, I don't know if that made sense, but You know, you're making strides in your game and you're doing everything you can and you're passionate, but when you're negative, then the passion starts to fade and that's where everything breaks down because then you're not being as efficient as you can. You're forgetting your goals. You're forgetting why you love the sport. So that's what you have to remember. You have to be positive on the court. You have to remember why you're doing what you're doing, why tennis is such an amazing sport, and also remember that you're going to hit ups and downs all the time. You're never going to have a a linear path to success. You're always going to have some bumps and hills along the way. But you know, that's what you got to deal with. So you have to be positive and know that you're going to succeed, have confidence, like I mentioned earlier, and do everything that you can to be the best player that you can be. Now, number nine, speaking of being the best or doing everything you can, number nine is this good old fashioned hard work. So you need to put in the hard work in order to succeed in tennis. You know, you can't just sit there and expect everything to come to you. You can't just absorb strokes mentally and then think that you're going to hit amazing shots. I mean, tennis takes hard work. It takes a lot of hours on the court. It takes a lot of concentration, focus and a lot of repetition, a lot of practice so that your stroke patterns can be integrated into your muscle memory if you need to change a stroke. I mean, there is no substitute for hard work, and that, that's that's really it. You've gotta put in the time if you wanna be successful. Now, number 10 on the list, 10 out of 10 is extremely important to Immerse yourself in the game of tennis. Now, this is important. I I do want to talk about immersing yourself because there's a lot of things that you may know, but you don't necessarily do. So, for example, you know, there may be some tips above that you actually know, or you're saying, Oh, yeah, that's right. I know that. But are you really doing it? You know, you've got to ask yourself that honestly. And so, what I've found is that when I immerse myself in a certain subject, or if I immerse myself, for example, I've been reading books that tell me, to how to maximize my life and how to be better at um, figuring out priorities. And, you know, there's advice in there that I already know, but just by simply constantly reading these things and by having, for example, a book on my table that has the title of, of the concept that I've been reading There next to me, I'm I keep being reminded of these concepts and what I need to do. So, if you're constantly looking up advice on tennis and constantly reading and finding the best quality material you can on the internet, listening to podcasts like mine, that's going to help you become better. You know, the more you surround yourself in the environment, that's going to help you. And that's going to morph your brain into thinking the way you want to be and how you want to act and telling you how you need to get somewhere in your game. You just surround yourself with all that stuff, okay? And that's how you're going to do it. Because if you like tennis, but you just play a couple times a week and you don't really research about the game and figure out the newest concepts and things like that, then you're not going to be the best player you can be. I mean, there's always always tons of awesome articles and things being written and you know articles in tennis magazine about the stroke production and different stages of a stroke and strategies and the game is always evolving and if you're not immersing yourself in the game and become a student of the game then you're definitely missing out on a lot of things that can really help you while you're playing and during your career so just again be curious Be a student of the game and you will definitely be a lot more successful than you would be if you didn't immerse yourself in the game. So that's the 10th advice for you. It's immerse yourself in the game. And so now I just want to close by telling you about a huge concept that I've been reading about. And so the book that I've been reading is called The One Thing by Gary Keller with Jay Papasan. And it's an amazing book. It's a number one Wall Street Journal bestseller. And the key concept around this book is the one thing. And they ask constantly, what is the one thing you need to do that will help you succeed? So what's the one thing that you need to do? And it just talks about decluttering your life and being able to determine what one thing will get you the most results. So how do you apply that to your tennis game? What do you need to do right now is you need to analyze your game and then you need to figure out what are areas where you can improve. And then you need to figure out the one thing that will get you the most results that will elevate your game the most. So for example, for me, I think that there's certain areas of my game that I can work on. My forehand is strong. My backhand could still use some work and my serve can also use some work. And I Right now, I've determined that my serve will get me the most gains. And now, you know, the serve is the most important shot in tennis. So this will be true for a lot of you. But for me, if I had a bigger serve that I could place better, I could get a ton more free points, and I could hold my serve more often, which is, the you know, huge. Obviously, you serve half the time. So my one thing that will get me the most results is practicing my serve. So that's what you need to do because, as I mentioned in previous episodes, if you figure out, okay, what what are some problems in my game, you know, of course, that's good. But if you try to fix them all at the same time, you're going to just, you're not going to be able to fix any of them because it's too much, especially if it's a technical fix and you want to fix how you hit your serve and then you want to fix how you hit your backhand and you want to... um. Fix your volley technique. I mean, what the heck are you going to do? Like, how are you going to fix all these things at once? The easiest thing is to focus on one thing at a time. So for me, for example, focus on the serve for two or three months or however long it takes, get the serve technique down, you know, make sure that I'm improving my serve. And then once I'm happy with my serve improvement, then I can move on to the next thing. You can't multitask, multitasking is a farce. Multitasking is simply doing many things at a time less efficiently, and you're not really even doing it th- things at the same time. Multitasking is simply switching from different tasks over and over again, and you lose a lot of time. So if you're improving your backhand, you know, you're changing it, and then on the same practice session, you also try to change the the, the serve, there's just too much information to process. So I really recommend that you concentrate on one thing at a time. Pick one thing, work on that, get it done. And that way you can put maximum effort, maximum thought, minimal confusion into what you want to improve. So that is, is—it's really 11. That's your bonus tip for the day. You just focus on one thing that you need to improve that will help you be the most successful what, will mo- what change will most impact your game? And then take the action. You need to take action and do it. You know, don't be lazy. Figure it out and do it. And then contact me with your results. So I hope you really enjoyed the 10 key concepts for tennis success that I just talked about. I'm going to summarize them again. Number one, think big. Don't limit yourself. If you do, then your performance will not reach its potential. Number two, have confidence. Believe that you can achieve what you want to achieve. Number three, commit to reaching your potential. Don't waste your time being mediocre. Number four, turn fear into motivation to succeed. When you face pressure, use it as a chance to show everyone what you're made of and what you can do. Number five, make sure that you have a passion for the game. Find your passion for tennis and use it to improve and be the best player that you can. Number six, don't worry what other people think about you. Just worry about how you're progressing and only think about the feedback from those important around you. Number seven, commit to competing and improving. Test yourself in competition, figure out what's going on, and then improve the areas of your game that need improvement. Number eight. Always have a positive attitude. Don't let negativity affect your game and reaching your goals. And remember why you love the sport and what your main goal is and then let that guide you. Number nine, plain old-fashioned hard work. You need to put in the hard work or you won't get anywhere. And number ten, immerse yourself in the game. Research everything you can about tennis and figure out what works for you and Constantly think about tennis, as appropriate, of course, <laughs> not, not, not at the dinner table, not when you're watching uh, The Bachelor with your wife or something like that. And then, bonus tip, figure out the one thing that you can do right now that will most impact your game for the better and do it and take action. And you can find the show notes at tennisfiles.com/4, the number four. And you can also get the the book, The One Thing, by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan, which I highly, highly recommend. And it's truly life changing. I mean, what I'm reading is just blowing my mind right now and challenging a lot of concepts that are wrong. Um, you can get The One Thing if you go to tennisfiles.com. Slash one thing. And that's the word one. So it's O-N-E thing. Tennisfiles.com slash one thing. Also, next episode, I'm going to be speaking with former ATP pro who is still kicking current ATP pros butts, Punch Maleka. He's an awesome tennis player, hails from South Africa, and he's going to be on episode five. I'd really appreciate it if you guys uh, rated my show and gave it a review. I mean, my show, The Tennis Files Podcast, has been really going up the charts lately in the new and noteworthy section of iTunes, thanks to your subscriptions and reviews by you guys. Uh, it's currently number four on sports and recreation in the high school and college subsection, and it's currently also number eight in sports and recreation amateur subsection, so It's really great to see the Tennis Files podcast gradually rise, and I just want it to be more visible to everybody so that they can learn about tennis and improve their games because that's what this podcast is all about. And if you would give the Tennis Files podcast a rating and review on iTunes, that would be unbelievably helpful. And you can also get iTunes on Windows computers as well. Um, If there's no way to access iTunes for you, that's fine. No problem. I still appreciate you guys listening, and you can rate the show or review it if you can on other podcast apps. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode. Take care, guys.
1: Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit TennisFiles.com.